Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the hydration watermelon smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by audible.com. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for a free trial of audible.com and then go exploring. Check out the audiobooks, but also check out all the other content that is there. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on the list of the best podcasts to listen to. This is really because of the guests. You know, these are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Jason Forrest. Jason is a leading authority in culture change programs and an expert at creating high performance, high profit, and best place to work cultures. The winner of five international Stevie Awards for his training programs Jason is also an award-winning author of six books, including Leadership Sales Coaching, rated as one of Selling Power Magazine's top sales books. In 2018, FPG earned a rare honor by being named the Inc. 5000 fastest growing private companies list for the third consecutive year, one of just 1,200 companies nationwide to achieve that honor out of a field of more than 7 million. Thanks so much for joining me today, Jason. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about uh, sales warriors. And so I want to start right away with what is a sales warrior? Yeah, really simple. So, so there, are, there are, are what I call four levels of a sales professional. So at the bottom level, you have, you have that salesperson that's more of a follower. You've probably seen them a lot in kind of retail environments. They're super afraid and they're just always kind of almost kind of waiting. They're always kind of waiting on um, the, 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 the customer to, to kind of tell them what they need, but they, mm -hmm. they just don't, they don't, they don't add a lot of value. And then right above that, 
you have a helper and a helper is someone who intends to do the right things. They, they, they know a lot of things. They can definitely add a lot of value, but they still are very passive and they're just always waiting on the customer to kind of lead the conversation. And then the, the next level up is a leader and a leader is a person who's very educated, takes the charge, takes the lead, you know, uh, gives the customer a great experience. Uh, however, that one last level is that warrior and that warrior is truly an advocate for their company. And think of a warrior as like most founders of organizations are um, a, a warrior, meaning that they, they believe so much in their value proposition that they almost feel like it's offensive to use the competition. And they truly see the blue ocean offering. Um, they, they, um, it's their baby. You know, they're, they're a protector uh, of their brand. They're a protector of their value. They're also a protector of the customer. You know, so a warrior from an ancient time, you know, it's, these are the, the first responders. These are the people who run into the burning building when everyone runs away. So they're a protector for both the company's brand, but also a protector for the customer's best interest from the customer spending less and getting less or being manipulated by a competitor who's going to con them and not uh, really serve them correctly. Okay, great. Thank you so much for that. And you say there are seven virtues of a warrior. Would you mind sharing at least a couple of them? Yeah, sure. Sure, absolutely. So, so when it comes to being the ultimate sales warrior, you know, um, you know, I like to look at things like presence. Okay, so presence. So think of presence is, is you know, having complete stability um, and attention you know, on the customer that you're serving, you know, we've, we've all, you know, presence to me is a lost art in today's yeah. world. Right. Yes. And you think about in today's disruption and, and all the stuff that's going on, it's, you know, having another human being on the other side of the zoom call or the zoom meeting or in person where all the attention is on that person. Well, what that does is it makes the customer um, feel safe it makes them feel uh, cared for and allows the customer to truly express what their fears are, what their worries are, what their frustrations are, what their failures are. Um, so presence is, is huge. The next one I would say is, um, is, is penetration. Now that sounds like a um, kind of a pretty intense word, but penetration means like it's penetration in the sense of, of their new ideas. Um, into speaking into the heart and soul of the customer that they're truly serving, you know, um, being, being, you know, a, a master of their words, being impeccable with their words, where they can really speak the truth into, you know, a customer's like heart and soul and mind and, and share with them what they really need. That's going to give them that, that certainty and that hope. So your presence is one penetration is another one. You know, another one, I know this sounds crazy, but it's surrender. You're thinking, well, gosh, Jason, you're so strong on presence and penetration. So now you all of a sudden you're surrender. Well, surrender is an interesting one, right? So it's, it's, it's the idea of being downstream. It's the idea of going with the flow. It's the idea of lowering the importance on things, you know, and, and taking more of an observer's point of view. So let's say you've got a customer that, that, uh, you know, doesn't like the direction that you're taking. Okay, well, you know, don't get your ego so tied up into it. So sometimes you got to surrender and be flexible, you know, with your process and what you need to do. It doesn't mean you need to get off your process. It doesn't mean you don't need to have a process. It just means you need to be, need to surrender to um, the situation at hand so that you can, you know, 
be flexible. Okay, that makes a lot of sense to me, but I do get that it also seems a little weird because I think, you know, a lot of salespeople think their job is to convince their prospect that the product or service they're selling is a must have, the ultimate solution, you know, that, that they are the one who really knows what's best. But that sort of sounds like you can have that viewpoint, but you also have to really pay attention to, is that really fitting? You know, is, is the prospect, is the client really grabbing onto that? Correct. Yeah. So, so everything you said is true. I mean, I do think that, the, yes, I mean, one of the main roles of a salesperson is to convince the customer that they are the best, the best option out of all alternatives, but that's within, that's within the presupposition that the sales warrior, again, knows what the customer mm -hmm. is really looking for, knows what they're moving away from, uh, knows the competition better than the competition knows themselves so that, you know, they can make that bold claim that says, Hey, Mr. Customer, if, you know, it's, if you're the type of person that's looking for blank, blank, and blank, and you're tired of blank and really wanting blank to improve your life or improve your company's life, then, you know, we really are the only option for you for the following reasons. Well, they got to be able to nail that kind of archetype there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but then that surrender part to your point is also, which is really like a really high level of consciousness. And that is surrendering to the idea that, um, you know, you are not right for everyone. Yeah, so that's where the, right. that's where the, the balance, the yin and the yang is, yeah. is I'm here to penetrate that every person I talk to needs to believe that, um, that we are really the best option. Yeah. But the surrender part is we're really only the best option for the people who, who need and want our products. Yeah. So I'm not, yeah. I can't, I can't like bully anyone to buy anything, Right. you know, but but what I can do is, is, you know, again, if you are our archetype, if you are, if you are our person that we're, we've kind of built this product or service or company around, then a sales warrior's job is to be, is to convince them that they don't need to look anymore, that we're the right. obvious choice. This, this, uh, thank you so much for that explanation. I, I really appreciate it. And it feels like it is uh, not easy. It's they, well, I, I say that professional selling is, is the toughest of the performance arts <laughs> because in every other performance, a person gets paid before they perform. Uh, yeah. So if you go to Broadway, those people are making money before the, you know, the actors yeah. and movies are making money before the performance. So in, in sales, it's like, It'd be the same thing as someone coming to a Broadway play, coming to, to see it for free. And at the end, the actors come out and say, okay, well, that'll be worth, you know, that's, that's hundred thousand dollars. You know, what do you think? Are you ready to, yeah. are you ready to give me money for what you just saw? So that, that's really the, the, the similarity. So sales warriors really have to be, you know, completely on their game and where it becomes even tougher is, is the, the, the number one delusion of salespeople in their career is judging their success based upon their results. Okay. Tell me more about that. Yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> miss, right? Yeah. 
Well, it, it, and it's not too uncommon from, again, if you were to study like the samurai or you're to study, you know, modern day warriors like Nick Saban and, you know, Alabama football and things like that, mm-hmm. um, or, or any, you know, military operation is the idea is it's not about the results. It's about, did we execute our standards of what our expectations are? Did we execute properly? Hmm. And, and where I mean this is that most salespeople, unfortunately, they're super delusional. And so let's say they're making $200,000 a year selling and they go, man, look at me, look at how awesome I am. And then, and then if you were to secret shop them and you were to, you know, listen to one of their conversations, it would be horrible, you know? So they're acting as if they're a warrior. Uh, their, their, their ego says they're a warrior, but they're really more of a follower. They're really more of a helper. They're really not a warrior, but they don't know that. And so then what, so then where is that a problem? Well, that's a problem because as soon as the circumstances aren't in their favor, well, then all of a sudden, what do they blame? They don't blame themselves for that. They blame the circumstances. So they, they give themselves all of the credit (laughs) when, when, when the circumstances are in their favor. And they take none of the responsibility when the circumstances are out of their favor. So hence, like right now, for example, in the housing market, right? So the housing market's a perfect example. We see this all the time is you've, and I know, you know, we have several clients, we're in about 15 different industries, but we have a lot in the housing market. And, you know, you've got people right now because of all the pent up demand of housing, low interest rates, you know, people, because of COVID, people are like, hey, I got to get out, I got to get out of my current house, I need more space, et cetera. And so it's created this tremendous housing market boom right now. Yeah. And you have salespeople that are making two to $300,000 a year, but if they were in a normalized market, they would make about 50,000 and probably be fired. But they, they will tell you that they're incredible. Well, no, what's going to happen is <laughs> as soon as the market chain changes, which I guarantee you, this housing market's going to um, go back to a normal le- level, if not have a recession. My prediction is starting at the end of this year and moving on to next year, but it's a whole other conversation. So, but when that happens, a hundred, no, not a hundred, let's say majority of those salespeople are going to say, you know, well, this is not my fault. This is the economy. You know, this is is nothing to do with my presentation or me not holding presence for people or not being the the smartest person in the room or not following through with what my commitments are or not, you know, being the best at penetrating my my selling message and being impeccable with my words. You're not going to hear, you're going to hear 1% of the population that's going to say, yep, yep, I deserve it. I've been lazy. I haven't been following through, you know, all that money that I made, I made it very, cause I was lucky and I was in the right place, right time. But the fact that I'm, you know, haven't sold anything in the last 30, 60 days. Yeah. That's hundred percent on me. And now I got to get back to the basics and I got to learn how to sell again. Like you're going to hear 1% are going to say that they're 99% right. are going to complain and they're going to blame and they're going to, you know, probably get fired or get out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I, I really appreciate that. That makes so much sense to me. It is really interesting. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then uh, I want to continue the conversation. Perfect. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by audible.com. And while you probably know that there are thousands of audiobook titles on audible.com, you might not know about the other content like guided meditations and audible originals and podcasts and just so much that is there uh, that that it's amazing and more things are coming online 
just about daily. It, it really is tremendous. So um, go to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for the free trial and go exploring on your own. Check out that content. I think you're going to be amazed. And I think you're going to, you know, like the thing that I like about it is that I can get all that, that variety of audio content all in one place. So I don't have to go in and out of platforms. It's a time saver. You know, I can listen to it on different devices. It's really incredible. So check it out for yourself. Today, we're speaking with Jason Forrest about the mindset of a sales warrior. Okay, Jason, what are the four reasons that salespeople fail? Okay, love that. Before we talk about that, though, yeah. um, I just looked up on my Audible account. <clears throat> yes. I've been a listener. Check this out. I'm, I'm on there right now. From December 3rd, 2012. Oh, my goodness. So I, I've been an Audible member before Amazon even knew who they were. Okay, yeah. The okay, so this is, that's how long I've been an Audible. <laughs> and, I've been a, and I've been a subscriber since then. Not just a, and I just from the So every month, I get three credits. and and. Sweet. Uh, and, and, and yeah, so I'm a huge, I'm a huge audible fan. Um, Are your and books also on audible? I, well, yeah, for the, the mindset of a sales warrior, my latest book is definitely on there. Great. And I'll tell you the thing I like about the audible version more than the physical version. So the, the mindset of a sales warrior won in 2019, it won an award for the best sales book in the world. So we're very, wow. pr very proud of that. No kidding. But the audible version is really cool because my, my, uh, my wife and I, uh, I read every chapter and then my wife and I discuss every every chapter oh wow so it's kind of a little extra edgy yeah. it's, you know and I like that because you know look you, you your editors always try to edit out the stuff right so so I like it because it's like the unscripted version that after every stra every strategy in the book we get to like really bring it to life and talk about what are the challenges almost podcast style like, like yeah, we're doing now right? right and so that's on audible so I highly recommend cool. yeah yeah, okay. okay, that's great. So four reasons why salespeople fail. Here we go. Yes. Well, this is again, this is actually one of the concepts in the book. So it we have a concept called performance equals knowledge minus leashes. So everyone write this down. Performance equals knowledge minus leashes. So think of human performance unleashed or a leash like a dog collar. Okay. Okay, so performance is what we do. Knowledge is what we've been taught to do. And in theory, you should say, okay, well, why, it should just equal performance equals knowledge, meaning that every time you learn something, you should just immediately start doing it. Well, we know that's not true because yeah. um, we're human beings and we have free will and we learn things all the time that we don't do. So <laughs> I assume, you know, you've had this podcast going on forever yeah. <laughs> and you have people that are listening to, you know, all of the, the, the thought leaders that are on here and telling people all kinds of great insight. And they get the knowledge, but they don't do anything different with it. Yep. Okay. So, well, then you go, okay, well, what in the world is that all about? Well, you have to minus out the leashes. Okay. Well, what are the leashes? There we go. That's the four reasons how <laughs> people fail. So the leashes are, ah, nice. the leashes are um, number one, self-image. So let's say the knowledge is that... Um, well, let's go back to what I taught earlier. So let's go, let's say the knowledge is presence. Hey, you know what? Every person going forward, just tune the world out. When you're talking to a customer or a prospect, just tune the world out, turn your phone off, you know, uh, get the thoughts out of your head. Don't think about 
you know, your, your family, your friends, don't think about your next conversation you're having with your next customer, what you're going to say next, just be present in the moment and hold presence so they feel they can trust you and be safe. So let's just say that's the knowledge, right? Yeah. Okay. So then you poll, um, you know, you get a salesperson, you say, so let, you had 10 customers and let's talk through um, of those 10, you know, which ones do you feel like you mastered presence with? And they go, oh man, I was probably only good at maybe one of them, you know? Okay. Well, what yeah. happened to their nine? Well, the first thing, first excuse they're going to give you is self-image. Self-image is they just, something happened where they just didn't feel confident. They felt intimidated mm. to have presence, or maybe they just don't feel like they're very good at presence. You know what? I've just never been very good at presence. I've always been distracted. I got ADD, whatever, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So that's an excuse, but it's self-image. The second is they might say, well, it was just different with them, you know, Jason, because, you know, the, this, this one customer, I mean, they came in, they got their kids were there, you know, kids were in the situation. That's it's, it's, it's a consumer sale, you know, and, uh, and so, you know, it was just hard to hold presence with kids. And I had all these different buyers ask me questions at the same time. So that the second leash is a story. And so a story is something we make up. It's a fiction. It's, it's we make it up, you know, well, you're making up a story that, that this thing outside of you um, mm -hmm. is preventing you from holding presence. Huh. Or, okay. or, or they might say, well, I just don't, I just didn't think the customer really felt, I don't, I don't really feel like they needed me to have presence, you know? <laughs> well, how would you feel that way? You know, it's like, they just make up this stuff. The third reason is a reluctance and a reluctance is a fear. And yeah. they, they might say, well, you know, I just, I just felt that, um, you know, what you were asking me to do, I just didn't, there's just, I just didn't feel right about it. There was something I just didn't feel right about it. And, you know, they were, you know, the, it was an upmarket clientele. It was, you know, a C-suite member, you know, it was the CEO of a company and, you know, they just kind of took charge the whole time and they just asked me a bunch of questions and it just, I don't know, I get, mm -hmm. I get really flustered when I get people that are twice my age, I'm trying to sell them. So that's a reluctance. There's some sort of psychological fear that says I need to sell differently to people that are twice my age or twice my income or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's a fear. The fourth would be a rule. And a rule is anything I need to see, feel, or hear in order to give myself permission to engage and kind of do what I need to do. And they go, they say, well, um, you know, I just didn't feel like I earned the right yet. You know, I was, I was planning on getting presence. I was planning on, I was planning on holding presence. I was planning on creating a safe space, but you know, I just, they were just in a hurry and, and, and I just, I'm going to do it next time. You know, I just felt like, I just felt like the timing was wrong. Huh. Okay. So you know, again, I can in these, these four, so I have a whole book, 42 strategies yeah. <laughs> on how to, it's 42 strategies on how to remove the self-image stories, reluctances, and rules that hold us back wow. from being the ultimate sales warrior and earning what we're truly worth. But you can see those, Diane, those yeah. four, those four leashes, it's not about sales. It's about right. the human condition. And you could say that that would apply to, you know, um, why a mom doesn't want to be a mom or, um, you know, why a executive struggles with holding, you know, um, their people accountable. I mean, there's mm -hmm. it, same thing, right? It, yeah. It, there's just these mental resistance. I just chunked them down into four different kind of sub products or subcategories of self-image stories, reluctances, and rules, um, to make it kind of easier to manage around and then show some strategies on how to overcome it. Yeah. Okay.
Wow. It makes so much sense when you say it. You know, I mean, I can, I can hear people I know who aren't, you know, doing the things they need to do in the sales space or even in the leadership space. And those are the sorts of scripts, the dialogues that come. Yeah. So great. So scripts is another kind of chunked version of leashes, you could say, right? Yeah. Um, and, and now, so a fun thing to, 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 to test going forward, right? Is just take, you know, whoever the last podcast, you know, the last person was on and it's like, okay, what was one game changing thing? Or let's say someone comes up to you and says, you know, Diane, I really, I really loved when you had so-and-so on and oh, great. Well, what specifically did you like that they, that said, well, they, I liked that they told me to do blank and great. So have you done it yet? <laughs> well, you know, no, I haven't got around to it. Oh, what stopped you from getting around to it? Okay. Then, yeah. and right then you'll hear the leash. Aha. Uh -huh. You'll hear the leash. Yeah. They'll give you something, you know, whatever it is. Right. Well, I mean, I'm, I've been working on it, you know, I'm working on it. Um, okay. Well, what do you, what do you, what are you trying to work on? That's causing you to, to not execute. Well, I just don't have the time story. God. I haven't found the opportunity story, you know, I mean, there's all there's whatever, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. So how does someone go about getting past those leashes and becoming a sales warrior? You mean besides um, hiring FPG and yeah? <laughs> I mean, That'll Diane, that's obviously the I know, obvious right? answer. Exactly, I know. Um, so yeah, so number one, obviously, you can you know number one, you can go to Audible and you can listen to my book. And again, there's 42 strategies in there. Um, you could also go to FPG.com and talk to us. I mean, like so. I mean, look, there's several strategies. Uh, I, have, I have a thousand hour master practitioner in what's called neuro linguistic programming. I'm also certified in strategic intervention coaching, as well as um, AE certified, which is around more of the kind of the spiritual deep side of things. But um, I mean, there's just so many things they can do. I mean, the first, the first step is that awareness though, of being self-aware and analyzing the leash, you know, having that awareness of, yeah. Hey, what is something like right now, everyone should ask, what is something that I've learned recently that, 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 that if I started doing tomorrow, I would have a great return on my investment, you know, and it might be the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, I just need to stop drinking for a little while, you know, mm -hmm. or I need to just sure. only drink on the weekends or whatever it is, or, you know, so one, one is just like having the awareness of like, what is something that, you know, or maybe it's, I need to update my LinkedIn profile, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so then you say, okay, well, what stopped you from doing that? So you got to figure it out. You got to figure out what's, what is the excuse um, and then you have to, you have to realize that, you know, I am the problem and I am the solution. And I think that's a, a big, bold statement for a lot of human beings that I don't think we're aware we're not, we're not kind of willing to say anymore. You know, yeah. most, most humans it's, it's, um, you know, it's everyone else is the problem and, you know, the government's the solution. Right. So, yeah. and so it's not, it's just lacking that personal complete responsibility of I am the problem and I am the solution no matter what. Right. Yeah. So <clears throat> Um, and then once they do that, then, you know, then, then to me, the answers are pretty simple because again, I got a book of 42 different solutions, <laughs> but, but, but no one's going to do any of that stuff until they do the first yeah. several steps, which is take complete ownership, Yeah. you know, over, over their life and their problems. And, um, cause it's, it's really just a pattern, a matter of reframing. So let's say, you know, like one technique would be someone says, okay, well, 
you know, I don't want to try your technique, Jason, because I feel like it's going to come across too pushy. Okay. Well then one of the techniques I would teach you is, okay, well, what's your positive intention with every customer that comes in? Well, my positive intention is, or that you talk to, well, I want to come across as, you know, very helpful and respectful of them. And, and I also want, you know, them to, you know, be served correctly and make the right decision. And, and, um, and I, I feel like I think I just people need their space and I don't want to come across too pushy. Okay. So then I would say, well, who's your biggest competitor? Well, it's so-and-so. Well, what would happen if your, you know, best friend bought from your biggest competitor? Oh man, I would feel so horrible. And, you know, that'd be like the worst thing ever. Why would it be so bad? Well, because they're at horrible customer service. They've got a horrible product. Mm-hmm. They, they're only going to cause problems, but they are less expensive. And, and so, okay. So then I just need you to, so if you would feel horrible then, then you have a choice to make. And that is you either, you either need to, you know, let give customers their space and, and, um, and realize that the customer in front of you might be your best friend. And you're not now going to have a hard time sleeping at night, knowing that you let your best friend buy from your competitor. That's not going to serve them, or you need to treat them as if they are your best friend and you truly care about them and you need to take the lead and you need to make sure they don't buy from your, your biggest enemy. That's only going to hurt them. Oh, so that's just, I mean, that's just a simple reframe, yeah, right? But, right. but I mean, the, the belief system there is all human beings only act out of positive intention. So all human beings, we all, we only do things out of a positive intention. Every human being does something out of a positive intention. So you have to figure out number one, what's the positive intention yeah. of that strategy that they're using. And number two is put them in what's called a therapeutic double bind, which means I'm going to help them realize that, that their highest value or positive intention is correct, but the way they're going about it, the behavior they're using to accomplish that positive intention is, is actually incorrect. Uh And so they have a choice. They either change their values or they change their behaviors. Mm -hmm. And most people are just not going to change their values and they shouldn't because their values are good. Right. Right. Um, Right. I'm not asking you. I mean, I don't, I've never met anyone before that their value is to hurt someone. (laughs) So (laughs) I've only met people, their value is to help someone. So most people though, they're just the way that they're going about it um, is just not, it's just, it's not um, it's like, it's like, you know, let's put it in like, like terms everyone can understand. It'd be like a parent, you know, thinking that the absolute best way to, you know, raise a child is, um, you know, to like yell at them and tear them down, you know, every single day until they're 18. Okay. Well, then you ask the, the, ask the parent, well, what's your intention behind that? Well, I want to make them strong and I want to make yeah. them, I want to make them bold and I want to make them be able to take care of themselves. And this is the way that my parents, you know, did this to me and, and look who I am. Okay. Well, you know, what it, suppose, suppose you could find a way to make your child strong and um, not yell at them every day. Would you be interested in hearing about that? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right? I mean, and then showing them and then showing them that is it possible that by tearing them down every day, you're actually not making them strong. Right. You're making them very scared and insecure on the inside. And yes, they're fighting it on the outside. They might turn into a strong outer person, but it's really going to come from a place of fear, which means they're going to be a bully, right? They're not going to be a hero in the world. They're going to be a bully and they're going to be a wolf in the world, not a, 
not yeah. a sheep dog, you know? Yeah. And so, so, but you can still make, but it depends on what's your intention. Do you want them to be strong as a sheep dog or you want them to be strong at wolf? Right. Right. And they go, yes. Oh, I want them to be strong like a sheep dog. Okay. Well, right now, the way that you're going about it, it's turning them into a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that a lot. That, that whole reframing. I, Cause I agree. I, I think people have the best of intentions and they don't realize that they're not actually meeting that intention, you know, that they're not giving the best to the other person. Cause they're, you know, it's just the way that they're processing that information of what they, you know, how they should be going about it. So that's, that's it. that is, yeah, that is great. Yeah. So and, what then, is and then people change really quickly, you know, I yeah, mean, like, Oh, right. well, that's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Though I don't necessarily see them being able to do that on their own, so, which is why you're here. Um, so what does it mean to be a hacker of our own mindset? Oh, that's fun. So that's just a, a fun play of words. So the idea behind it is, you know, I, I look, I, I like to try to see the good in everything. And, you know, it's so funny because I was, I, I grew up, I was one of the original, you know, I'm, the, I'm an early eighties kid. So I was born in 78. And so, you know, I mean, I, I had, you know, had like an the original computer and, and so I was kind of raised in that generation of like building your own computer and so forth, you know, which is kind of funny yeah. today because our kids today, <laughs> if you told them to like build your own computer, they think you're nuts. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but that's how, I, that's how I was raised. And, and so, you know, I was used to all that stuff. And so a hacker is just a fun play that a hacker goes into a computer system and rewires it to do what it wants, what it wants it to do. The hacker wants it to do. And we normally think of a hacker as negative, yeah. but my whole thing is, well, you know what, why can't we look at a hacker as positive in the sense of, or negative, uh, it just depends on what the, the outcome is. And if we also realize that our brains are the fastest supercomputers on the planet, and there will never be a physical, you know, never, a, 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 a supercomputer that will be faster than our brain, then we could also say, okay, well, then we are also the hackers of our own minds. And we can say that, you know, um, that, that, you know, some of us, well, I would say all of us, all of us are, um, you know, sometimes hacking our minds to do the things that are going to, that end up hurting us. And other times we hack our minds to do the things that truly benefit us. Hmm. We're always hacking, we're always hacking ourselves, right? But, but it allows us, I mean, like, so for example, I mean, if you go to bed at night, you know, um, sucked into obviously the media and the news and what's going on. And then you fall asleep. Well, that's from a brainwave frequency perspective, you know, the highest, well, from the, the simplest perspective, the, the highest brain frequency we can talk about right now is more of the um, kind of beta brain frequency, which is, which is, I call it the baller mode. So beta baller, that's what we're in right now. And then, you know, as you're kind of, kind of winding down at night, then you go into alpha, which is awake, barely awake. So you feel that when you're kind of dozing off, but then also um, like when you get up in the morning, you're like groggy in the shower and so forth. That's, that's alpha. And then below that is theta and that's transformational. That's like trance, hypnosis, trance. Hmm. And then last is um, delta, which is deep sleep, right? And so, but, but where I'm going with this is that the, you, the place that you're most sub, um, influenced is when you're in that alpha and then, and then theta. So like, for example, you go to bed at night and, you know, as you're going to bed, you have the TV on and it's the news or it's some horrible, you know, mm -hmm. horror show or something. And then as you're going to bed, you're listening to that 
you close your eyes and now you go to sleep with the TV on and you're most programmable because when you are in, when you're in theta, your, <clears throat> your body is asleep, but your mind is awake. And so you've now lost all of your protective conscious mind filtering systems to say, is this really good or not good? And, and so now you got, you know, whatever news channels on talking about how everyone's dying and everyone should do this or take this or whatever it is. And, you know, and you, you, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's, it's being, yeah. it's being pushed into your subconscious at that moment. Ugh. Wow. Now you can, so that's, that's a negative hacker, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what do I do? What do I do? I do the same thing, but I, I go to sleep to like Wayne Dyer or I go yeah. to sleep to Eckhart Tolle, or I go to sleep to. And so I let them talk to me in my subconscious mind when my body is asleep and my mind is awake. Yeah. 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 That, that is really great. It's probably part of the reason why doing the gratitude alphabet to go to sleep works as well. hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the last thing your brain's thinking right. about. And that's what you're programming inside of your subconscious. And then same thing, like if everyone wanted to have a hmm. best practice where you, the first thing you did, so let's say you just did this going forward for the next 30 days, is it alarm, alarm goes off and immediately you take your, if you have an iPhone, you take your AirPods out, you plug your, plug your AirPods in and you just have an audiobook from Audible from this amazing, <laughs> this amazing uh, sponsor that we have. So you, you have Audible and you immediately put on the mindset of a sales warrior and you just lay there in bed, okay, 15 minutes. First thing, wake up, don't get out of bed yet. Don't go to the bathroom, just lay there in bed. Don't even drink coffee yet, just lay there in bed. When you're still kind of barely awake, hit the snooze button even if you want. So in 15 minutes later, it'll buzz you again. And you're just kind of barely awake, trying to wake up, listening to the mindset of a sales warrior. Well, that, that's when you're most programmable. You're in that theta, huh. somewhat alpha, and you'll, you'll get a lot more out of it. That's why, that's why, um, you know, that's why everyone says like Elon Musk and all the people, they say they, you know, their best ideas come in the shower, right? Yeah. Or their best ideas come when they're running or their best, not running. So the best ideas come when, when they're sometimes driving. So yeah. Like when we're driving in the car in the morning, we're actually yeah. in alpha. Oh. You're probably that's thinking, well, that sucks, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you're in alpha, you're barely awake when you're driving, but you're in such an autopilot mode that it's not a problem. So, and it's actually a good time to listen to something. So another plug for Audible right now, um, I should really give you sponsored by Audible for the record. I think Diane. <laughs> so, so another plug for Audible though is people always say, "Hey Jason, you know I love all your videos and your training, everything you're doing for our clients, but I just don't have time, and I really need to always like get you know sit down and listen to one of your videos or listen to your books. So I can take notes." And I go, no, "No, you don't. Yeah, no, you don't, because if, if if you if you're sitting down listening, you're in beta, which means you're in baller." which means your mind's going a thousand miles an hour, which means you're probably not paying attention to what I'm saying. But wow. if you're in alpha, which means you're driving, a lot, driving down the highway, right? So if you're driving in alpha in the morning and you're listening to me while you're driving, your mind is actually a, almost asleep. And so it's actually, the words are actually getting into your subconscious and you're actually, you're actually kind of reprogramming your hard drive more so than if you were like sitting there concentrating, listening to me. That's fascinating. Isn't that cool? Yes. Yeah. So it's a huge plug for, for Audible yeah. versus even a physical book because a physical right. book, you kind of need to be in baller mode in beta to do a physical book. But I mean, we've all been there. How hard it is to, you're, 
you know, trying to physically be, you know, read a book and your just mind is all over the place. Wandering, yes. Right. Well, that's because you're trying to stay attention and you can't, oh. which is why we have, you know, Ridlin and everything else to try to calm yeah. our brains down. <laughs> Boy, I'm so glad that now I understand why it is. I have a hard time reading. Yeah. Yeah. So and, just to so give yourself some grace, right. Yes. Just realize that the old school way of learning something was sit, sit up straight, listen, pay attention, yeah. focus, take detailed notes. Well, there's not really a lot of science to kind of just, I mean, that's one way to learn, but yeah. you know, you can get a lot out of it. If not even more, if you go to bed, listening to it, you wake up listening to it, you're in the car listening to it. Huh. And because it's actually getting through your conscious mind into your subconscious mind, which means you can actually like, you know, speak to the real version of you and not, you know, this ego version of you. Right. Wow. That's terrific. Thank you. And thank you for all of this. I mean, th this has been so great. I have learned so much. And, um, and yes, I totally agree that the listeners need to go to audible.com and start listening to your books, but they also need to know how they can get a hold of you and find you. So would you please tell them that? Worse. If so one connect with me on LinkedIn, I always love, you know, love, love connecting. So just connect So Jason Forrest on LinkedIn, um, companies called Forrest Performance Group, or you can just go to the three letter domain of FPG for Forrest Performance Group.com. Um, those are all great places to connect with me. Excellent. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. You are who we are doing this for. And boy, I mean, this this doesn't get you thinking. I don't think anything's going to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you need to be thinking. Uh, and I'd also like to thank audible.com. Head over to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Sign up for that free trial and go exploring. Go listen to Jason's books. I think it's so cool that, that Jason, that you and your wife do this like debrief uh, on it. I, it's just, I can't wait to listen. I just think that has got to be so cool and educational all at the same time. Awesome. So, well, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and as always, continue to uh, prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, 
avoiding, or seeking, feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.